Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, my name is Noah Biran. I am one of the myeloma physicians at Hackensack Meridian Medical Center in New Jersey. I'm here today with my colleague, uh, Dr. Joseph McHale from the Translational Genomics Research Institute. And today we're going to be discussing a case about managing first relapse myeloma following daratumumab lenalidomide index. So we have an 83-year-old woman with history of controlled hypertension, stage 3 chronic kidney disease, initially found to have anemia and lytic bone disease, IgA lambda subtype myeloma, RISS stage 3. Her initial bone marrow evaluation had 40 to 50% plasma cells, no evidence of amyloidosis, and her FISH exam showed high-risk disease, 17P deletion, 1Q gain, and 13Q deletion. She was started on daratumumab, lenalidomide, and DEX, achieved a VGPR after her first two cycles, and unfortunately, she experienced a biochemical relapse after 19 cycles. She did not have any end organ symptoms upon relapse and has a good performance status. So I'll start with Dr. McHale. How would you treat this patient? Well, thanks, Dr. Braun. It's always good to be with you. Uh, yeah, this is a challenging situation because unfortunately, the patient is demonstrating her high-risk status by the fact that a year and a half into treatment, she's already relapsing. And we know with patients on DRD, very often uh, the, the median progression-free survival is not till over four years. And so it's unfortunate that this is happening. Um, so as I think about how I would treat her, sort of two really important phenomena come to mind. Number one, uh, she has not seen a proteasome inhibitor. And we do have some evidence of proteasome inhibition may be preferable in a high-risk situation. But also that I really want to be careful of the fact that she is 83 years old. She has chronic kidney disease. I don't want to, if you will, over-treat her. I want to make sure I match the treatment to what she has. And thankfully, I ha we have several options based on this. So with the proteasome inhibitor desire, I probably want to give her bortezomib, which is typically our first proteasome inhibitor use. Uh, also want to give her another class of drug with it, so likely pomalidomide. So I'd likely lean towards bortezomib, pomalidomide, and dexamethasone, where I would use weekly subcutaneous bortezomib and, and a lower dose of pomalidomide at two milligrams, especially considering her chronic kidney disease. But there are other options. We could go to carfilzomib, especially with the higher risk status, where again, I would use it uh, once weekly uh, with in combination either with pomalidomide or maybe even with selenide. Exor. Uh, but either way, I would want to be very careful in having the conversation with her uh, about the frequency of these visits, but also watching for any signs and symptoms uh, of toxicity with these regimens and making sure that we assess on a regular basis because these are potent drugs. I think they'll give her benefit, but we want to make sure that she doesn't experience too much toxicity. 
I, I agree with you. I think you brought up a lot of really good points and our older or more frail patients, especially those with high risk, can be some of the most challenging patients that we have, not only because of response, but because of toxicity, as you said. And I think although carfilzomib is an excellent choice in high-risk disease, in patients over 75, we can see slightly higher risk of cardiac events. I also want to bring up uh, another proteasome inhibitor that may be appropriate in this setting, and that would be ixazomib. It does have slightly lower risk of grade three or above peripheral neuropathy. And so certainly if we do see peripheral neuropathy uh, with a bortezomib-based regimen, we could consider switching it to the oral proteasome inhibitor ixazomib. And I do agree with you that with the pomalidomide, uh, a lower dose would be more appropriate, both in terms of renal uh, dysfunction and in terms of cytopenias. I agree. You know, I, in fact, we did a study years ago comparing four and two milligrams of POM and, and the efficacy difference is, is minimal. Uh, and I also agree with you that, that uh, we do have some now community-based evidence that uh, whether patients are experiencing neuropathy or not, that there can potentially be a switch from bortezomib to ixazomib uh, to reduce that risk of neuropathy and, and even make it more convenient for a patient by being an oral agent. So, so again, I, I, I think this is a fascinating case and a really important one that highlights so many of the critical areas of what we do in relapse myeloma. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Dr. McHale, for joining me and thank you to the audience and hope you learned something today. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.